The 2022 NBA season gets underway tonight and we will have post-game reaction from the 76ers Celtics opening game at the top of this episode as B and I will break that down and we will also make our preseason predictions for how we think the NBA standings are going to shake out after this season 1 through 15. We'll talk about that for the East and the West. We will also recap week six in the NFL, another wild week there. We will talk headlines. We will give out our awards with some new segments mixed in in this episode as well. And we will also preview week seven in the NFL and make our weekly predictions as well. So keep a luck. Got a lot of NBA and NFL talk coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. What is cracking, ladies and gents? Welcome back to another episode of Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi. We are going to have live post-game reaction from the Celtic Sixers opening matchup of opening night in the NBA world. So we're going to get all of these takes from how the Celtics looked in their opener. We will also talk our NBA playoff predictions. Of course, our seedings, not the actual predictions, but our seedings. Our preseason playoff seedings, we'll talk about that as well. And then, of course, we'll recap another wild week six in the NFL and look ahead to week seven. A lot of stuff to cover there. B, big dub for your Celtics tonight. A long way to go, but it's always good when your boy Jason Tatum is playing the way he is straight out the gate and definitely looked like the Celtics. Obviously, with all the offseason drama with the Doka and all that stuff, Celtics look just fine out there. No, nah, man, they're going to be really good, man. Um, him and Brown combined for like 70 points, bro. That's all you can ask for. But I have the same expectations as I did at the, uh, before the Udoka stuff happened, man. I'm expecting a chip. This team's really good. And, uh, screw Philly, man. That might be the most unbearable team to watch. Harden and Embiid on the same team is just, it's too much for me. Oh, hundred percent. They got, the Sixers are, are quite a deep team, but like you said, like I, any team with with yeah with Harden and Embiid, it's 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 very hard to say them in Brooklyn. On honest to God, like I, it's going to be a long season with those two teams, um, going at it. But yeah, the Celtics look great. They look great out there. When you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum clicking like they were, I mean this this team is really hard to beat. And you got your boy Malcolm Brogdon look great in his Celtics mm-hmm. debut. Sixteen coming off the bench. Grant Williams fifteen off the bench. Uh, Marcus Smart doing his thing. The Celtics look good, and then also. You get your boy Blake Griffin in there for a few minutes, I guess, which is not a bad fill um, coming off the bench, having Horford start with um, Robert Williams banged up right now. So they got a little bit of a veteran presence with him coming off the bench as well. But no doubt, they look good. They look good at home and had the whole um, Bill Russell tribute at the beginning of the game, which was real nice. But yeah, man, they look good. They look good right now. Yeah, they got uh, even even Noah Vonley, who they picked up off the streets, is playing a major role today having a with the foul trouble with um Grant and Horford. He actually did a pretty solid job on um on Embiid too. So just wait wait till I mean Brogdon fits in like a glove. Like him and, and Derek White from last year just come in and it's just like they don't skip a beat. Keeps on moving. It's just like such an easy fit. And then hopefully when Robert Williams comes back, he's like what we saw mid season last year. And not towards the playoffs, because that's when I mean I I telling you the guys that were watch, started watching the Celtics in the playoffs, they didn't see really Robert Williams, but midseason Robert Williams, you add this to this team, man, and this is a crazy crazy good team. Every every team everybody just fits the ball movement on this team. Everybody can shoot. Everybody can dribble. It's a real it's a it's a fun team to watch too. Everybody plays defense. It's it's really exciting. Derek White really is that versatile piece on this team where he could be that six man off the bench you can plug him in if you need him to start with an injury there um he does what you need him to do when he's a really nice depth piece and he's showing that and last year he was fantastic for y'all coming off the bench but stepping in as a starter and i didn't do too much offensively but obviously having his presence there is pretty big there so big dub there celtics take it 126 117 warriors and lakers should be tipping off just shortly as the warriors will unveil their another championship pennant at the Chase Center. So looking, I mean, it should be very interesting to see how the, how the Lakers look. I mean, after, you know, all, all of their nonsense last season, um, it should be very interesting to see how they open the year against Golden State. 
I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm apparently they said Steve Kerr said that he's he's putting his guys on a minutes restriction because they're not in game shape yet. I'm not. Expe- I mean, expecting the Warriors to kind of coast through this regular season. I mean, the big question. I mean, some people are kind of getting a little Anthony Davis resurgent year buzz. Are you buying that at all? Because I I kind of see it too, man. I kind of see it too. I I I said it. I said it a few weeks ago, actually. Um, when I was on Jalen's podcast, um, from the Hoop Talk podcast, but now he's got his own now. And I literally said it. We were talking about it. And I literally said Anthony Davis, him and Kawhi Leonard, I feel like are two dudes that missed all almost all of last year or all of last year that dictate so much of how this Western conference is gonna shape out. Because we talked we've been talking about the Clippers over the last few weeks and we're like People forget that this team had Kawhi Leonard on it. We're going to see how the Clippers look this season. The Lakers kind of the same thing. Anthony Davis, we know what his ceiling is. The problem is the dude can't stay healthy. But when he does stay healthy, the ceiling of this team is right up there as one of the top teams in the NBA. Anthony Davis, a lot hinges on his health. And if he's able to stay out there healthy and be productive, then the Lakers won't be missing the playoffs this season. I, I definitely buy that, man. If he can stay on the court, that is. Because to me, I mean, yeah, last year he missed a lot of a lot of time, but it was Absolutely. just weird. It was just like he couldn't – even the games he was playing, I felt like he was not even close to the level he was at during that championship run. Like he was – like he was just throwing bricks up left, right, and center. Um, but I guess that's just what happens. You never build your rhythm. You never stay on the floor consistently throughout the year. You're not going to have that rhythm when you're in the bubble. You took a nice little time off. Your body healed for whatever, three months. Then you get to go play for another three months, and you're just fresh and rejuvenated. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see that bubble Anthony Davis again, but bubble Anthony Davis is like a legitimate top five player in the league. God forbid there is another damn pandemic and we see another bubble Anthony Davis. Now, jokes aside, I, 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 yeah, who knows if we'll see that Anthony Davis? Because like we talked about, the Lakers, one of, you can make the case that one of the biggest reasons why the Lakers won that championship was because of that three-month layoff of no sports. And they got a chance to get healthier for that run. So we don't know if we're ever going to see that again because in the NBA – you got to constantly have your body right based off of how the schedule moves. So Anthony Davis needs to find a way to be skilled. Or honestly, why don't the Lakers do what Kawhi did and just do a little load management? Like, do whatever you got to do to get this guy healthy. I don't care what it is, but the Lakers have to because I, I'm well, The you. difference is, bro, they can't load manage him and still be in the playoffs. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, that they, they proved here that without this team, they literally couldn't do anything. So that's that is a very good point, but I don't know, man. Should be should be interesting to see that um, how they turn out this year. But um, do you want to start in the east and the west to break down our our seedings here? Start in the east, man. Let's do it. All right, let's go for it. Let's start in the east. Let's start with the bottom four teams with who we got because I guess there's not a lot to talk about that. Um, I got. 12 through 50, and I got Magic, Hornets, Pistons, Wizards. I think the Magic, again, I'm not expecting a lot of them, but I don't expect them to come last. I expect them to be a tough team. They're going to be a tough Did you say, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. You went from 15 to 12 or 12 to 15? 12 to 15. So Magic, Hornets. And it's Pistons, Wizards. So I got the Wizards coming last. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that. I think, again, the the, the Pistons could be better than I think. I kind of hope they are. They've been stuck at the bottom there, and we've been talking about how exciting their roster is. I'm hoping they take a jump, but Washington and Charlotte, I ain't expecting a ton out of. I got them 12 through 15. You don't have the Pacers in there, huh? I got the Pacers literally right above that. Because the Pacers, to me, I think are going to be the worst team in the maybe the whole NBA. Oh, damn. Yeah, I think the Pacers... And Charlotte and the Knicks are going to be the three bottom teams. Wow. And, and Washington. Actually, those are my four bottom teams in the East. I just – it's going to be a race to the bottom. Like I talked about, the Pacers are going to trade Miles Turner and Buddy Hill before the year's over, right? They have absolutely no reason to win any games. They're trying to get Victor Wembanyama. Same deal with Washington. No direction. The Knicks and Charlotte, I think, is going to be shockingly bad this year. Like, 
really bad. I don't know. Like, they just have – Miles Bridges was really good for them last year. They just let that go. They didn't replace him with anything. He was their best player on their team last year, Miles Bridges. And that's like 22 points a game, just gone, zero. They got nothing for him. He's just sitting out. He's not playing. There's nothing. At least with Detroit and Orlando, they're actually going to be trying in these games. Like, you know, Orlando, we can go down the list. Every single dude on that team is a competitor. They're going to play to win these games. They don't care about no team. And same with Detroit. So still not expecting them to play us, but one of those two teams will be in the play I think. What's the deal with Miles Bridges? Oh, you didn't. Dude, Miles Bridges is uh, some domestic abuse thing. I think he's he's oh, in jail. He's in jail geez. for this year. Oh Jesus Lord! So he's so he's so he gone for the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, yeah, that's already a recipe for disaster right there for for Charlotte, no doubt. Um, no, I didn't know that part of it. To be honest, I do. I now that kind of brings a thing in my memory, but I didn't. I didn't know it was that bad. Good, good Lord, have mercy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's funny that you say that because I got Indiana at 11 and then the Knicks at 10. I got them right after that. Like, do I expect a lot out of them? Definitely not. But I feel like the Knicks still have, or not the Knicks, the Pacers have a somewhat of, they still have some talent on that team. But I understand what you're saying too. I've heard a lot about like, if things go south early, they're just going to end up selling and then they're just going to, you know, drop to the bottom of the thing. But yeah, I got play or play in teams so seven through ten i got raptors at seven hawks at eight bulls at nine knicks at ten and then indiana is at 11 wow okay so here i have i have detroit at my 10 chicago at my nine atlanta eight cleveland seven okay you had the raps as your seven yeah I got the Raps at seven. Who at six? The Cavs? Cavs. Yeah. Hmm. I, 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 I'm buying the Raps this year, man. I don't, I'm buying in, into it. I just think the when we talk about it in a second, but honestly, it's the top six or seven, even eight teams are all pretty good in the, in the East. Oh, like no Chicago, doubt. Chicago, me having at my nine, Chicago was the first seed for like, what, 30, 35 games last year? Yep. I mean, the East is just ridiculous. That's why I think those bottom five teams are just going to get beaten up like crazy. So, which is why I kind of played into the worst team in the league is going to be from the Eastern Conference. It's going to be one of those teams, and I, I just went with Indiana. But yeah. they're going to get beaten up. There's no days out from the East. Yeah, probably. No, with the – like, come on. With the Raps, like, I, I know this every year with this team – they're they're not they're probably not gonna finish seventh or eighth. They're probably gonna finish somewhere in the top five as they always do. But the reason why I put them at seven below Cleveland is literally solely because of Donovan Mitchell. That's a superstar. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I'm not buying it. Like I, Scotty Barnes, if he follows up his rookie season, the dude is going to be a superstar, right? If Siakam follows up on his season last year, that's like if those things fall into place. Because that's what I said last year about about Toronto. I said. If Scotty Barnes has an outstanding rookie year, the Raps are going to do very well. That's exactly what happened, and they end up being the five seed in the East. If those things happen again this season for the Raps and they keep building on that, then yes, they're going to be there. But you look at a guy like Donovan Mitchell, he's a superstar in the NBA, and the Cavaliers were a top-five team in the East, and they just plummeted down the stretch due to injuries, and they were also very young. Now you add Donovan Mitchell to an already very talented Cavaliers team, I put them above at six. That's the only reason why. Both teams are very good. Raps and Cavaliers, honestly. And hey, we're going to find out tomorrow night. Raps host the Cavaliers tonight. But Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. And Cavaliers, I put the Cavaliers a spot ahead of the Raps. I don't know if I go that far with all the superstar talk. But to me, honestly, if I break it down into tiers, they're kind of in the same tier. It's just like the seating, the way it works out, it's just like, there's a one tier at the top, which is my first three teams. And then, honestly, everyone from Toronto, Miami, Brooklyn, and Cleveland, they're all in the same tier. Like, you, they're going to end up in, I mean, different seedings, obviously. But it's just like, you know, any of those four are kind of interchangeable for me. It's just not going to be really surprising. Being said that, I got Brooklyn at six, Miami five, Toronto four. Damn. I don't wow. really – 
I mean, to me, it's I know Miami's going to take a massive step back in my Agreed. Opinion. Brooklyn, I'll believe it when I see it. Agreed. Cleveland, I do like Cleveland a lot. I think Mobley's going to take a massive step. Garland will take a step. And uh, Toronto's, uh, I mean, Bar- Barnes will take a step. And it's just a well-coached, deep team. And it's just like a team that you do not want to play. Oh, my God, it's a back-to-back. we got to go to freeze in Toronto on a Tuesday night. Like, it's just like one of those teams you just don't want to play because they're just going to just be so scrappy. And you're just like, oh, my God, I just don't want to do this on a third third game in five nights kind of deal. And it's like, whatever. But any of those four teams are kind of interchangeable. But I got Toronto as the four seed right now. Damn. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I said, the Raps do this every damn year. Um, and honestly, I, I, I'm with you. I think I got Miami at the five and I got Brooklyn at the four. And honestly, I'm with you, though. I can see Miami dropping all the way to a seven or eight. And I see Miami, I don't like they can either be a decent team and Jimmy Butler and Lowry and some of those other dudes help this team get better. Right, Duncan Ramos is another one. Bam. They have enough players to keep them afloat, but I can also see them kind of plummeting. And not being as good. So I got them at the five seed. Brooklyn, again, as long as Katie and Kyrie don't don't have their off, off-court BS, the Nets will be fine. And if Ben Simmons as well does not have his off-court BS, the Nets will be fine. So I got them at the four. It's the biggest question mark, man. I mean, I was watching preseason even and then Ben Simmons just would not even look at the rim. Like, he wouldn't. And you would think, like, there was one preseason game against Philly, and it's in Brooklyn, mind you, right? He gets fouled, and the Philly fans are booing him at the free throw line, and he misses both free throws. And it's just like, that's just a hurdle, man. If you if you, that's happening to you in preseason at home, when you go and play that first game in Philly, in the regular season or in the playoffs, it's just going to be another mess, man. I mean, it's it sucks. Like, you would think you haven't played basketball in a year, a year and a half. I'm in the gym and I'm working on my shot, but I feel like it's even gotten worse. Um, believe it when I see it with Brooklyn, but obviously the talent is there. Exactly. Yeah, that's the only reason why I got them at the four. But like I said, they were what, the, the seven seed last year? Yeah, they're a huge question mark. I'm totally with you on that. And then my top three, I rounded out one through three. I got the Milwaukee Bucks as the number one seed in the East. This team, I think they took a little bit of a step back. They got injured down. Uh, down the stretch of last season with Chris Middleton going down. DiVincenzo went down. Um, I think the Bucks will get healthier and they'll be there at number one. I got your Boston Celtics at number two. Like you, like we were just talked about earlier, this team is, they got better off the bench. They're still super talented. If Tatum and Brown get better from where they were last year, Celtics are going to be right there in the thick of things again. And then I got the Sixers as the three seed. Yeah, I got the same. I just flipped the Boston and Milwaukee. I think Boston and Milwaukee and Honestly, let's throw Philly in there. I think that's the cream of the East. A lot of people having Philly as a top, you know, a surprise. They're getting a lot of title buzz. Um, but Boston and Milwaukee, I think it's going to be a duke to the, to the end. Who wants to get that first seed? Because I'll tell you what, neither of these two teams want to play each other in the second round again like they did last year. 100%. And I think they realize that. They're like, no, let's try and get this one seed and let's try and get the easier path to the finals like Miami would have done after playing, you know, the the two squads they played, Chicago and uh, who did they play? The Raptors and uh, yeah, whatever. But you don't want to play a top dog team in the second round like you did last year. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's kind of how we'll end up shaping up there in the East. But, again, a lot of things can happen when you look at it. But I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. You're kind of – you're kind of making me want to change my pick and kind of move Cleveland and the wraps up and drop Miami down. But I'm, I'm with you. Those three teams could be very interchangeable, like anything. Toronto could end up being the four. Miami could drop the seven. Could be any of that right there. All right, let's go West. Uh, my bottom four teams, Spurs, Rockets, Jazz, Thunder. You said Spurs. Rockets. 12, Rockets, yep. 13. Jazz, Thunder. Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, all four of those teams are going to be god-awful. Super interchangeable, man. What are we thinking, like 80 wins total for those four teams? <laughs> like Probably. Yeah, probably. I, I think the Rockets will be 
they'll be a fun team to watch, but they're they're again they're still super young that like they're gonna need they're gonna it's gonna be a learning process for Houston. OKC, it's just again, it's it's unfortunate that they're without Chet for the entire year. So I think it's gonna be another step back for them. The Jazz are blowing everything up, and then the Spurs are in are in a massive rebuild mode. Um, right there. My 11 seed is the Portland Trailblazers. I just don't know where they're going as an organization. With you, super with you, man. I think at one point, let's say Dame. You know, I mean, he's over 30 now, right? As a small point, this is when the injuries start coming in. So last year it happened. If he gets hurt early on again in the year, you heard it here. He's going to the Lakers. Wow. Traded traded for Westbrook as a salary dump. Westbrook's an ex- expiring contract. Portland just restarts the rebuild. To be honest, they got really no title hopes anyways. With Dame building around Dame at this point in his career, it's a little too late. So, any any little chance, man, I think he's out. I honestly feel like that's honestly that seems very likely. If I'm being honest with you, I'm not even surprised. I just hate the thought of another star going to the Lakers. Like for God's sakes, but I can totally see that Westbrook's been on the block for time now. And um, when you look at Dame, that that's the thing with the Trailblazers. It's like. The Blazers, like, they're not a good team anymore like they used to, but then it's like they still have Dame. So it's like, but what are they doing? Like you said, if things start going south, you you got to move him. Because it's like, why Like why is he still here? You moved McCollum last year, but now Dame's still here. I'm To be honest, I'm surprised he's even still on the team. Because, again, I don't know where, as an organization, where are they going? Because right now it doesn't make sense. If you trade CJ McCollum last year, you've already given the indication that you're not trying to win a championship. So why is Damian Lillard still there? I'm with you. If things go south early, which it probably will, Dame's going to be gone before you even know it. So they're my 11 seed, and I'm guessing they're what? Your 11 seed or lower yeah, as well? 11, yep, same. Yeah. All right, so play-in tournament, 7 through 10. I got the Dallas Mavericks at number 7, okay. New, or- New Orleans Pelicans, Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Sacramento Kings. Well, you got three out. Of, well, three out of my four. So I got Sacramento in the ten. I think Sacramento is going to be a fun watch, actually. Yeah. Um, Sabonis there for a full season. Keegan Murray, rookie of the year, buzz. You know who else did they add? Malik Monk. They got some players on that team now. I got the Lakers at my nine. Okay. And then, talking about the tiers, I have Minnesota, New Orleans, and Dallas all in the same tier. So right now I have New Orleans and Dallas in my playing spots. Would not surprise me if one of those is the six in Minnesota drops to the seven or the eight. Gotcha. And I have, but it's kind of, we're kind of on the same page here. Minnesota, New Orleans, Dallas are, are roughly around the same to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Those three teams, again, they're all good. They're all good. They're all scrappy teams. All have stars on their teams, but they could be very, very interchangeable. I um, think I'm, Dallas is is poised for a step back though. Yeah, I mean, you lose yep. you lose Brunson, and yep. you place him with nobody really at the guard spot. I mean, they got Dinwiddie last year. Yeah, Christian Wood. Yeah, whatever Christian Wood's whatever. But I mean, until Luca has like that super duper crazy MVP year, I got them in that mix. I think the Mavericks are just waiting for that to happen at this point. Um, but yeah, I think the Mavericks take a step back as well. They're still going to be a good team, but like they need more around Luka, and I just don't think they have enough right now. Um, my sixth seed is the Lakers, and, I, and I'm and i going to put it here. Like I, I don't expect a lot out of them. I just can't see, again, this all hinges on AD. AD, if he's not healthy and things go south like I did last time, it's going to be another mess for the Lakers. But I just can't see LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and this team go another year of not missing the playoffs. Like I just I cannot... I, I cannot see it. I know they're much older now and they're get they're getting injured a lot and you know they're they're a very old team. That's the reality of the situation. But they move Westbrook and they get someone else. Like you never know what can happen if AD stays healthy. I just can't see it, man. When I look at this team and you obviously look at the history of LeBron and when he misses the playoffs, it he does not miss the playoffs two years in a row. I got them as the sixth seed. I don't think the Lakers are gonna be good, but I just can't see them missing the playoffs for a second straight year. And they're experimenting with Westbrook off the bench too now. I mean, it's gonna. They be... got nothing to lose at this point, man. Seriously, it's like that West. 
I don't even know who else is going to be a valuable, like, Westbrook, they got Pat Bev, they got just a bunch of, I mean, I'm expecting by the trade deadline. Agreed. Yeah, and I think it's for the better. If it's the right trade and the right move for this team, it's for the better. Like, I just can't, I get, we, we knew it last year, we knew that Russell Westbrook on this team, like, we didn't know how it was going to mesh, and it just, it was miserable. So it was even worse than I thought it was going to be honest. Yeah, it was it was not pretty. So they got to find the right move and I think at this point they're like we spent so much to get him that like we have to try this out. But if things just don't go their way like it did last year, it's going to be desperation time and you're going to have no choice but to move him. So the Lakers kind of did that to themselves, but you know, it is what it is. And then top 5 1 through 5 in the West, I got the Denver Nuggets. I hinted at it last week. I'm going to roll with it. I got the Denver Nuggets as my number one seed, man. With so Jokic, Jokic rolling, Jamal Murray coming back healthy, Michael Porter Jr. coming back healthy. This is a very, very good basketball team. I think a lot of people forgot about who the Denver Nuggets were. Now Jokic finally, for the love of God, has some help. Denver's a good team, man. Mike Malone may, may very well be end up being coach of the year by the end of this thing. Yo, I like the Denver Nuggets. I have Denver as my one seed, too. Listen, they won 48 games last year. With Jokic playing with scrubs, yep. like absolute scrubs. I don't even know who is this. They picked up Austin Rivers midway through the season, and he ended up being one of their actual scores, like yeah. straight up scrubs. I don't think a team like like I don't think there's going to be a 64 win team like there was last year. So I think you know, adding Michael Porter Jr. Hopefully he stays healthy for the year, and Jamal Murray. That's definitely worth five to seven wins. Can this team win 55 games and be the one seed? Yes, that's my. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, I got the Clippers as my two seed. I think with a, with a healthy Paul George and a healthy Kawhi Leonard, this team is very, very good. I got yep. Golden, Golden State as my three, Memphis Same. as my four, and Phoenix as my yeah. number five seed. On the dot for all of them with me, man. I think Phoenix is just poised for a, a really bad regression season. 64 wins was... Uh, kind of like overplayed their hand last year too 64 wins another year on chris paul the yep. whole deandre Ayton drama i just not seeing it there memphis memphis is a is a weird one because memphis i was like i think they're just yeah. due for regression too but even when jaw got hurt last year and he was hurt for like 25 games they were still like a really good team yeah so i kept them at the top in the four seed and then golden state what is the regular season to them you know they're not gonna exactly for the, for the one and then the Clippers, I think, is just like they've been a good team without their two stars for the last couple of seasons. You just get one of them to play, you know, majority of the year. Tyron Lue does the rest. They have good depth. That's just a team that's just going to win games. And then you just bring in, you know, on some off nights, both of them are there. And then you're like, yo, there we go. We're a really good team. Two seed. I'm, I'm with you step for step on that first five. Yeah. I think Memphis is kind of interchangeable through one through five, to be honest. Like, I could see Memphis taking a huge step forward and be, end up being the number one seed, or they kind of take a step back and end up being the four or five seed. Because, they're again, they're young, but they're really talented. Now that they've had, and I, and I talked about it last year, too, in the playoffs, I said, for Memphis, this is perfect. You have a young core. You're getting very valuable playoff experience. Now that you've had that playoff experience, now that the Grizzlies, they've won a playoff series, they played you know fairly well against the defending champion warriors in the second round now that you've had that valuable experience now let's go out there and let's get even better so memphis now you went from a young core with valuable experience now it's let's actually take this young core let's compete now let's try to get to the western conference finals so we'll see if memphis can do that because like you said with jaw they're a really good team but shockingly without jaw they're also a very good basketball team. So the Grizzlies could be could finish anywhere through one through five. They're they're a, they're a wild card in the West for sure. Yeah, I mean the West is like kind of like in the East. I I kind of see like three clear tiers of teams. West, it's kind of like yeah, there's tiers, but like it's kind of like you know more they're just not as bolded as the other ones. Um, yeah, but who knows, man. Looking yeah. forward to this season for sure, though. Oh, no doubt. It's Yeah, it should be another interesting season, another fun one for sure. But, you know, we'll end up seeing what happens um, in that one. So let's get let's get to week six in the NFL, shall we? And 
And we're going to start it off by having a new segment that we're going to start every week by B and I will give out a game ball team of the week and our biggest letdown of the week or season so far kind of depends. Um, the game ball could be anyone between a player, a coach or a team or a certain thing that happened throughout the week could be anything. Team of the week is obviously a specific team and then a letdown could be anything that happened in week six. So B, let's start with our game balls for week six in the NFL, who you got, who would you want to give your game ball to? There were quite a few candidates this week. Yeah, I'm going to go with a shared game ball here between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Just, they stole that game, man. I mean, they just clicked at the right time, stole the game in New Orleans when they won the national championship. Finally, a breakout game for Jamar Chase and, and their offense. Maybe it's just a, this is the game they needed and they're turning their season around. I mean, it took a couple of weeks last year to get it going too. So who knows, man? Uh, absolute steal of a win. The Saints looked in control of that one. Yeah, no, they really did. My game ball, I'm giving it to Robert Sala and the New York Jets. I think I did not see this coming going forward into the role in the way they are. But to go into Lambeau Field, and hold Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to 10 points on the road, that is the kind of win that I think is culture-defining for Robert Sala in New York. We didn't know what to say about the Jets. They're the same old Jets. Last year was year one in the rebuild, yada, 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 and then Zach Wilson goes down, and we're like, it's probably going to be another garbage season for the Jets. Zach Wilson comes back, and all of a sudden, the Jets have been playing very, very scrappy football. I don't know what the hell is in the air in New York City these days, but something about like that that New York toughness is coming out with the Jets and the Giants. Um, we've given the Giants a lot of love. I'm sure we're going to give them some love, too, in a little bit, but I'm giving my game ball to Salah. You know what I mean? I love Robert Salah. To see this team do well is honestly not even going to lie. It's probably definitely very weird for you. Very weird for everybody. See the Jets at four and two right now, but man, that was some victory. That defense is playing good ball. They're playing hard for Salah, and the Jets, man, should be very, very interesting um, to see how they if they can keep this up later on in the season. The A, the A, it's funny. The, uh, AFC, the AFC East. East. I was just about to say. And the NFC East. Ridiculous. Who would have thought? Seriously. Dead ass. So, all right, team of the week. Who you got? I'm going to the other AFC team, man. I'm going to my Patriots. This is like just on when you say team of the week, all phases. You have your third string quarterback coming, 300 yards, two touchdowns. You have your backup running back in Ramondre Stevenson, who's turning to, into a stud of his own, going crazy. You have four dudes on your receiving court get 60 yards. Finally, a game from your two tight ends. You have Tyreek Thornton, who got was all hype team in the preseason. This is his second game. Two touchdowns for him. He's about to blow the league on fire. Then on the other side, Nick Chubb has been the best running back in the league. Yep. And he gets held to 56 yards. Team of the week, man. All three phases just dominated the Browns. And I thought the Browns were a pretty solid, good, like they were a pretty good team, pretty solid team. The arrow was just sky high right now for my Patriots. Pats look good, man, and Zappio here balling out. The Patriots' defense looking good. This is two wins now where they've scored over 29 points. It's been really impressive, man, really impressive what the Patriots have been able to do. They were sitting at 1-3, and three, and we're sitting here saying, well, this is a team that could very well be 3-1. and one. They found a way to get back to 3-3. Three and three. They're super scrappy. Everybody in this division is super scrappy, and honestly, anybody can make noise, right? The Dolphins have had horrible luck at the quarterback position with injuries right now. The Jets are playing really good football, mm-hmm. and the Patriots are playing good football too. Every team is scrappy in this division, and then, of course, there's the mighty Buffalo Bills. My team of the week, I'm going to be real with you, I haven't heard anybody talk about this 5-1 and team. Anybody. Everybody's been talking about Philadelphia, oh, the Giants, the Cowboys, all these Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. Have I heard anybody talk about the Minnesota Vikings? Anybody talk about the Minnesota Vikings? Five and one, man. Nobody has talked about this team at all. Sure, they went into Miami, knocked off a banged up team. Skylar Thompson who ended up getting her. Then Teddy Bridgewater comes in. Who did you think I was going to say? Or did you think I was going to say the Vikings? No, no, no. When you said I haven't heard anybody talking about them, I was like, yeah, I know you were talking about the Vikings. Oh, yeah, facts. And it's ironic, though, because like, 
the Vikings haven't been this good in a while. And they're five and one rookie head coach. I haven't heard anybody talk about Kevin O'Connell. Everyone's talking about Dayball and Salah and you know Sirianni. Nobody has been talking about Kevin O'Connell and what this guy's been doing in Minnesota because I've been saying it and the two coaches that I talked about all offseason were Mike McDaniel and Kevin O'Connell. I said, watch out for these two coaches who are going to go into Miami. And ironically, they played head-to-head this week. But two coaches who are going to come in, coming from the McVay-Shanahan coaching tree, that are going to do really good for their teams. Mike McDaniel, like I said, got off to a really hot start, has bumped into some really bad luck at the quarterback position. That's why they're 3-3. Three and three. Otherwise, if two has been healthy, they're probably 4-2 and two or 5-1 and one right now. The Vikings are 5-1, and one, playing really good football, and are now two games up on the Green Bay Packers. Got to give the Vikings some love because everyone's talking about all these. Uh, Brian Dable is like, oh, it's a runaway for Brian Dable. Yes, because the Giants have been garbage forever. The Vikings have at least had some recent success. But what Kevin O'Connell's doing in Minnesota, got to give that team some love, man. Defense playing good ball. Offense playing good ball. Dalvin Cook had a game. Justin Jefferson's tearing it up every week. Cousins doing his thing. The Vikings, man, watch out. The one thing I will say about the Vikings is that I just don't feel good when I watch them. It's like they don't do anything when I'm watching the game. Like they're five and one these games, but it just doesn't feel like, you know, it's like they're they're a five and one team. It doesn't feel like they're that much better than the teams they're playing. And especially like that week one Packers game looked great at the time. Now it's looking a little like, you know, the Packers maybe aren't that good. The Eagles was the, obviously the best team they played and they kind of got killed. They're five and one. I'm just saying it's like, I think there's a a reason that everybody's a little like not yet on this five and one team. That's fair. That's totally fair to say that because like, let's be real. Like any, no offense to Kirk Cousins, but like when it comes to him, nobody's ever really been sold on, on a Kirk Cousins left football team. Everyone's been kind of nervous about the, about the team. And that's the thing. The Vikings, they don't really blow you away, but I had to give them some sort of love with a no rookie doubt. head coach. Yeah. And we were talking about it like last year, the Vikings were a playoff team that blew every their talent si- was always there. Exactly. They just couldn't win a close game for their life last year. If their life depended on it, they couldn't do it. Now they're starting to win games and you look at it. Now they're five and one. So the Vikings are, they're playing good football, but like, I'm with you though. In a playoff, like if, if Tampa may be three and three, but if it's Tampa, Minnesota right now, I think we're all saying in the playoffs, probably picking Tampa or the Rams or the Niners, right? Like some of these other teams that are three and three, that's how it is. And that will lead me to my next part in this segment, which is the biggest letdown. And I'm going to go into the NFC and say the three and three teams in the NFC. The Rams are three and three. The Packers are three and three. The Buccaneers are three and three. And my 49ers are three and three. Those all offseason, I've been saying, are the top four teams in the NFC. Now, obviously, all four teams have brutal injuries across the board. But, like, would have any of us had guessed that those four teams would have been three and three in mid-October? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I was going to go the same direction as you. I mean, with the early birthday special that your Niners gave you. Oh, Lord. I guess you guys are banged up and whatever, but... I was still Mari- pretty- Mariota throws 130 yards in the game, and they put up 28, and they win the game. It was just a brutal loss. And then t- I, I'm telling you, dude, I've watched Brady my entire life, and I've never seen Brady like this. I've never seen him like this. Where he's on Friday, he's at Robert Kraft's wedding in New York, and then fl- going to Pittsburgh for Sunday for a game. You're telling me Tom Brady in New England is leaving in the middle of the week to go to a wedding? Hell no. I've never seen him do that. That is so out of character for him to do that. And I'm just like, he's got that thing where it's like he has Wednesdays off and whatever. And it's just like all the off-field stuff. It's really like throwing me off, man. I don't know how to feel about this Tampa team right now. Did I not tell you last week when we talked about the Buccaneers? I was saying... With all the stuff that Tom Brady has dealt with in his career, none of them have been this magnitude. All the other stuff have been like just really just BS things, right? Uh, Spygate, deflategate, and uh, blah, blah, like uh, all these really just dumb stuff, right? It's whatever. Oh, the Patriots cheat and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Spare me. This is different. When it's your family 
and it's your personal stuff going through it. And we all know, like, if you know Tom Brady, you know his kids and his wife and his family matter a ton. His parents matter a ton. Like, his whole family, Tom Brady, like, that means a lot to him. He's going through some BS with his family right now. You can it's taken a pretty massive toll on him, and it's different. And that's what I was saying last week, B. And I'm like, we both know Tom Brady. This dude doesn't let anything affect him, but family's different, man. And it, you can tell right now it's hitting them different because the Buccaneers, I'm telling you, since week one when I watched this team, I'm like, sure, Tampa always gets off the slow, or Tom Brady in particular, always gets off the slow starts in September. Losing to the one and four Pittsburgh, like, I don't care if, like, sure, sometimes you struggle in Pittsburgh and you got Mike Tomlin, whatever. You don't lose to Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. I'm sorry. Like, you, you don't, in 18 points, the Buccaneers have been playing, they played six games. They have not played inspiring football at all. Like, literally at all. At least with the Packers, the Niners, and the Rams, they've shown glimpses at times, but they just haven't been consistent. The Buccaneers have not, they, they literally have not had a single game this season where I've been like, the Buccaneers are back. The Rams have done it. The Niners have done it. The Packers have done it. I haven't seen it with the with the Buccaneers at all. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. It's like I was more like you know the the off field family stuff. I didn't think was going to be to the point where like that. The wedding is really the thing that threw me off. Like that is not something Brady would do. It's kind be, of random to be away from the team. Right, this is the dude that's a hundred percent all in, right? Yep. All the time. And he's like on Friday, he's like, nah, I'm gonna go to Bob Kraft's wedding in New York and I'll meet you guys at the game on Sunday. That just like I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. That just threw me off. And then every week he's he's going off on his O line and something, which makes me feel like, yo, that's the Tom Brady that I'm that we need here. This is the Tom Brady of Tom Brady. He's going off. He's he still obviously cares so much, but it's like it's not leading to anything yet, at least. No doubt. And I think in this week they're at Carolina. Great, blow them up by forty points. Woohoo! Like that, that. I'm not gonna learn anything from that. After Carolina, they got the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night, the Rams and the Seahawks. Those three games will tell me much, much more than so far this season of who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. The Baltimore Ravens are playing good football. They've had some bad luck. The Rams, they haven't really found themselves yet. And of course, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, but that will still be a tough game. The Seahawks are playing very, very scrappy football. Those are three games right there. If the Buccaneers do not win at the minimum of two of those three, the Bucs are in trouble, man. You know me, I'm never going to doubt that boy, though. Never, no, like never, like you're you're never ever gonna doubt Tom Brady, but I think we can all acknowledge something's off, and that's the part where you're like, yo, like that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? And if this, like, this is Tom Brady's last run, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is. It's usually if this is Tom Brady's last season, you would expect more, more of a lot, a lot more out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're just not seeing it. It's very like ugly, bland football, and their offense is not good, and they're scoring, like, 16 points a game, and it's like, this is what it's coming to right now? Like, I, I just can't wrap my head around it, but then again, like you just said, I never doubt Tom Brady, right? Because every time we doubt him, and then in the playoffs, it's a whole different story, so. And they got so much time because of how bad the NFC is and how bad their division is. Exactly. It's like, it could literally, it was like their first year, like, literally in the first year using Tampa, they didn't start playing good football till like maybe week 14. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It took them a, a long time to get going. That was more so because of like the team just needed to gel. No doubt, but it's also the same. It's like a brand new offensive line. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like new – Bruce Arians isn't there. It's like a new um, system on offense. Same thing. The injuries, in and out dudes on receivers. It's the same thing. It's just like – but because their division is so bad, they could afford to wait till week 14 to figure it out. That's what true. I'm trying to say. This is true. The, I'm not – Atlanta, the Saints, nobody's stealing this division. The NFC – they could even come in as a wild card and lose this division and still have time to figure it out. This is true. 
This is true. You're not wrong. I mean, they did it once. They could do it again. And every time, anytime you get again, have Tom Brady a quarterback, you can never doubt him. And that's what I'm saying. That's the weird in between is you know for a fact because you've seen it for the last two decades. You can never, ever, ever bet against number 12. But we can all acknowledge there's something different and off about Tom Brady this season so far. So that'll be something to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Like I said, it's still early, still mid-October. And it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on this situation going forward. But again, this week against Carolina, please spare me. I'm not going to learn anything. But after that, next three games, I think we'll learn a little something more about who this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team really is this season. Um, let's go Bills Chiefs here. This is the game of the week. Came down to the wire, as we all thought. It was low scoring. I, I kind of thought it would be more low scoring than people thought. The Bills took it 24-20. And finally, the Bills basically did what they should have done in, back in January. They got the late score. Their defense comes out, except this time around, they get the stop that they needed back in January. Yo, I, I don't know, but did you see? I forgot who was explaining it, but somebody was explaining on TV the format they were in on that last possession. And it was like half of the field they were in man, half of the field they were in zone. And it just like boggled Mahomes and he threw the pick. And I was like, that I, is, think, I think it's genius. That is absolutely mind-boggling. I've never heard of that. Like, I've never even heard of that. And, yo, you save that for the last drive of the game to bust that out on Patrick Mahomes. Yo, that's why you have that hidden play sheet, man. That was unbelievable. Like, that is all hats off to the Bills on that. No doubt. I didn't even know that, but that's uh, Leslie Frazier's been money for that team on, on the, as the DC. But I've heard of that. I don't think I've ever actually seen it until now. Do it having a team do that. But like that, that's what I'm talking about. Like that, like, you know, when a team has beaten you and got the best, you it's like, what are you going to do differently next time? That's what I look for. What is a coach going to do to make adjustments differently this time? Yes, the Buffalo Bills as an organization and management-wise, they went out to get guys to improve their defense, like Vaughn Miller. Now you come into a game like this against KC, you know what you got to do. Josh Allen does exactly what he did in the last game, drives down the field with a minute left and takes the game, uh, the go-ahead touchdown. Now you need your defense to stop. And like you said, Leslie Frazier makes a key adjustment. Boom, they shut him down. It's beautiful. It's a work of art. And Josh Allen on that last drive, oh, my Lord, magnificent. That that uh, hurdle over that one defender, holy crap. I lost it when I saw that. I was like, that was just like absolutely disgusting. So that was, whew, that was, that was something else, man. Something else. I mean, yo, they, they basically, I think we all are on the same page. They're going to lock up a game. The playoffs are going to run through Buffalo. And now it'll be different. Casey's going to have to go to Buffalo to play them in the playoffs if that happens. That's way different, man. Arrowhead, like the home field advantage in that playoff game is is definitely gonna play a huge role. No doubt. I I really I really truly think that these teams are gonna be meeting again in January. I don't know when it's gonna be. I'm hoping it's the AFC championship again, but I again I haven't seen anything differently that these two teams aren't gonna meet again in January, but this was something else. Um but Buffalo finally got their way, but it's not gonna matter until Buffalo gets their way in January. But if as long as the Bills stay ahead of KC, like we talked about, a lot of people have acknowledged it. For some reason, this game is always at Arrowhead. I want to see Patrick Mahomes go into Buffalo in January in minus 30 weather and try to get to a Super Bowl. That's what I want to see. Hey, but yo, Mahomes always earns it, though. That's the thing. It's like he's... They say he's never played a road playoff game, right? He has not. It's absolutely madness. So, like, you can't... Can't say that. I mean, he's the one that's earning the home field. You get home field for being the best team in the regular season. So there you go. Oh, no, that's not, yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Buffalo needs to, like, this win was big for them to get that game up on them. But then again, they got the game up on them last year and they still couldn't do it. Buffalo sure. needs to maintain that. Yeah, I'm saying true. I want to see KC go to Buffalo. I don't know if it's going to happen. I was saying KC's still the team to beat, but I want to see them go through Buffalo rather than Buffalo having to go through KC. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Uh, but we'll see what happens. That was a heck of a game. I think it led up to the hype there. Bills won out by four. Um, and the last one before we head over to week seven real quick, the Eagles remain unbeaten with a 26-17 win over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. Um, good Lord. The Eagles keep playing good ball, man. 
They and this defense, I didn't realize how silly stacked this defense was until Sunday night. Oh my god, Darius Slay put on a clinic. Can we can we put the Cooper Rush starter stuff to rest now? Yeah, what? it's over. No, I think Dak Dak starting on Sunday against the, like the he Lions. Might have, he might have. There was honestly, he could not push the ball at all. And then you have. There was literally, I think, on one of their scoring drives, when they kind of brought it close, honestly, it was like 2017 or something like that, almost every throw could have been picked. <laughs> like, I swear, almost every throw could have been picked. But um, it's kind of like, I think we were talking about it last week, when it's like, they're winning because the coaches are, like, playing more to their strengths and taking it out of the quarterback's hands, which is something they should do with Dak, too. But it just they don't. So hopefully they take this page and just put it in with Dak and they keep rolling. Because they actually they fought tough considering. Yeah. No, absolutely. No. The the Cowboys are still like this is still a good football team. And it's gonna be interesting to see now that when Dak's coming back, can they keep up this momentum? Um, I think it'll be an interesting game against the Lions. We'll get to that in a second, but we'll see. But the Eagles, like, I really, truly did not realize that you got your two vets up front and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, who I swear to God mm-hmm. have been there forever. You got yep. Hassan Reddick, who's an absolute stud from Arizona. Then in the you got in the secondary, like you said, Darius Slay. And I completely forgot that this team traded for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's a complete menace in the secondary. The Eagles are stacked. Like, they got guys all over the field. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, I didn't realize how many solid players they got on that defensive side, let alone the offensive side where they're just loaded at wide receiver and running back and Jalen Hurts is doing his thing and they got a good offensive line. The I don't know how the Eagles did it in the offseason, but there's a reason why this team is 6-0 and and looking by their schedule, the one seed is right there for the taking for them. So, I mean, I, I, th- I think they'll lose at some point. I don't know when it's going to be. It could be week 15. Like, I don't, I really don't know when it's going to be, but... I could say, I think, to say the least for the Eagles, they keep this up with the schedule. The one seed is theirs to lose at this point. There, you know what? Honestly, speaking of that, there was a lot of really good corner player this week. There really was. A I lot got of shut down. Now, now that you say that, I mean, Sertain put on an absolute clinic yesterday. Um, talking about Darius Slade, like Sauce Gardner. Like, there's a, yeah, there's a, yeah. there's a, corners are popping right now, honestly. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt about that. And I also want to shout out that again, the, the Giants, the Giants just continue to find ways to win games. I don't know how they do it. Each and one of their wins has been in the exact same fashion. 21-18, 24-21, 23-20. And they just keep finding a way. I don't know how they do it, but they keep finding a way, man. I rate it. They've been they've been fun to watch in the fourth quarter, but it's it's been very impressive of how scrappy and how much heart that that team plays with. Good teams find a way, man. You oh, don't. You, they're just like inexplicable wins, but they just find a way. It's like the just toughen it out. Like I mean, honestly, when Daniel Jones is like, this is like kind of the part that actually reminds me of Eli. It's like Eli could have like a terrible game, and you know, and Eli gets like really erratic like that. In some yeah. games, he'll just be so terrible. But then he'll just find a way to win. And you're like, yo, that dude is just straight up a winner. Like, he might not be an elite quarterback or he might not be, you know, on the same level as some of these other dudes. I mean, obviously, Daniel Jones is way lower on the, on the scale. But dudes just find a way to win somehow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Again, I, I rate it. I don't care. It's not how you win. It's, it's you know, at the end of the day, it's a win is a win for them. And they keep it finding ways to win. shows up as a W in the column, man. Exactly. Exactly. All righty. Let's get to week seven. Um, Thursday night football. Please, for the love of God, can we get a good Thursday night football game? That would be great for once in our life. Um, really, for Al Michaels. Forget the rest of us. For Al Seriously. Michaels. Can we get a good Thursday night game? I know. We got, we got the... basketball on now, too. So, we don't uh, have to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we got um, DeAndre Hopkins is... 2022 season debut as the Cardinals host the Saints to a pair of two and four teams going. And they got Robbie Anderson too coming from. That was a weird situation. That was a hella weird situation. Like I've never seen anything like that before. Dude gets ejected from the game by his own team, and then the very next morning gets shipped off to Arizona. I don't know what the hell happened there, but Lord Carolina's an absolute dumpster fire at the moment. Um, Saints Cardinals here, two teams really looking for a win. Um, I think D-Hop comes back. I think the Cardinals get this win 29-17. Man, I can't, I can't even look at the Cardinals straight at all. I'm taking the Saints 26-23. 
I hope so. I honestly hope the Saints manage to get a winner. Like I like, obviously, I want any of the Cardinals to be down bad. Um, I just think they're at home. Got D Hop back. Might have a chance to kind of just jolt this offense a little bit there. Colts at the Titans. How are the Colts three, two, and one right now? All I of have a no idea. Jacksonville loses what three in a row now, and yeah, the Colts are back at the top of this division. Like what? No Col- idea. Colts, I think it's somehow just going to keep it rolling and and beat Tennessee here, twenty seventeen. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts over Tennessee 23-20. I think this is the thing with the Colts. They always start off bad, and then they find a way to win. And Matt they, Ryan... Not as bad is an understatement, though, right here. This is, yeah. like, horrendous. Agreed. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But for the first time, Matt Ryan finally oh. looked like himself from Atlanta, and it's about damn time that he did that. I'll take the Colts by three. Giants at the Jaguars. I, had a weird, I feel like this game could be low-key kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I think I'm gonna take. Uh, I've been burned by the Jaguars three times in a row, maybe four times. Uh, I'm gonna do it anyways. I'm taking the Jaguars sixteen thirteen. <laughs> this has to even out, man. These are two really like opposite lucky teams. Like it has to even out. I'm. I'm with you. Uh, Giants going to Jacksonville. They're riding high at five and one. The Jaguars have been really scrappy. I like the Jaguars, 24-17. It's going to be a close game, but the Jags are at home. They need a win, and I think they're going to get it and kind of bring the Giants back down to earth a little bit. Um, Buccaneers at the Panthers. Get right game. Is this what we're talking about? Three and three bucks. It is, but like, like get right game. The Panthers are just so bad. No, no, no. Like, well, hold on. Like, it's like if you put up 30, like, there's no way you can't. Like, you're going to feel better. You know what I'm saying? Like, you find some, you know, like, just oiling up, oiling up the plays a little bit. You know? Getting some good reps in. I th- yeah. I'm going to take the Bucks to put up 30, though. 32.50 Bucks. Yeah. I, I'm going to take the Bucks 31.14. I just it's, it's not going to be close. Tampa's going to go out there. They're going to do their thing. Carolina is just an absolute freaking mess at the moment. Packers at the Commanders. Speaking of teams that just are an absolute mess, both of these teams are kind of that. Yeah, this is garbage. Um, Packers win by a field goal, 23-20. I'll take the Packers by 7-27-20. Um, Rodgers finally finds a way to get things going. The Commanders. Heineke's getting the start too, right? Uh, Heineke. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because Wentz is hurt. Wentz is hurt now. So who, who knows? If Heineke's starting, the Commanders might actually be better. Like I mean, we said it all all off season, really. Like, I like I, Heineke. I this team, lie. this team, for some reason, fights when Taylor Heineke is at quarterback. So this will this game will be interesting. Then I'm gonna take the Packers by seven, twenty seven twenty. Dak returns for the Dallas Cowboys. They will host the Lions, who are coming off a bye week. Lions are one and four, which kind of surprised me. Um, I think it's gonna be a shootout though, thirty five twenty eight, Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys 34-31. It's the Lions. You know it's going to be a shootout. Dak's coming back. But like the Cowboys at home by three. Falcons at the Bengals. Two weird three and three teams in this one. But let's see if those boys got their mojo back in in Cincinnati. Since he puts up 31-17. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals 27-24. The Falcons have been oddly very scrappy, mm. but the Bengals have been scrappy too when they're at home. I'll take them by three. Browns at the Ravens. That's a good game. Hope I mean I think the Ravens are a way better than their record is at three and three. Take the Ravens here, 28-24. I think the Ravens 24-21 over the Browns. The Ravens need this one, man. They've had some really bad luck lately. I think they get the they get this win at home by three. Jets at the Broncos. Good lord, this is a uh, this could be ugly. I this is a spot where you don't want to take the Jets because they're like riding too high, and it's like no ro- person in their right mind is taking the Broncos in this game, right? But then this is how the NFL works, and the Broncos end up winning this game. It's a good point. I'm taking the Broncos, seventeen thirteen. Just I don't know. I'm not watching this. I could say I don't think anyone's gonna watch this. <laughs> I, if, if I'm a Jets fan, I don't even fucking watch not this. On prime time, though. Holy. Oh, thank God, they're back in the 405 slot where they belong. Good lord! Like I just, I, yes, you're 100 percent right. Like we've been following this league long enough to know that that's how this league works. But like, come on, like the way this jet, this Jets defense is playing so well right now, 
And the Broncos offense is literally straight garbage. Like and I there's that weird what that Melvin Gordon thing yesterday. And it doesn't stop. Like that's the and craziest then, part. It doesn't stop. Like we keep thinking the Broncos are gonna come back next week. They're gonna get better. They got Russell Wilson. They have all this talent. They're gonna get better. And it literally just keeps getting worse and worse and worse every single week. It's like, oh my God. Like I don't understand this team. And I'm so glad I did not ride this team in mm-hmm. the offseason and say Same that I'm here. gonna put them in the playoffs. I said I think they're gonna be better, but Lord oh, have no, mercy. I, I feel like they got worse. I said I think I had them not last in the division. Like Somehow they're not even last in the division like, right now. The Jets are a prime example. The Jets are exhibit A of of growth. That is what you're seeing. This team is learning how to win. And they the Broncos on paper have way more but the Jets are playing with heart. And that's why they're four and two. And the Broncos are two and four because the Broncos, it's penalties galore and turnover city. And Russell Wilson's like, let's ride. And it's just like, no, like this is not like no, man, no. I'm taking the Jets by four. Jets and by four. Shefty, Shefty said, uh, I mean, I remember roasting it when it happened, how much the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson. And that's when we thought Russell Wilson was pretty – like he had stuff left in the tank too. But Shefty said it yesterday, and I'm like, oh, my God. If I'm a Broncos fan, I'm actually rolling. Like 10 players, right, basically, in, in terms of draft picks. And they extended him for seven years, bro. Seven years? It's brutal. Did I hear that right? Like seven yeah. years. What yeah. is this? A baseball contract? I, I, I they're doomed. They're like, absolutely whole, doomed, man. Like you're looking in the same division with Herbert and Mahomes, and you're like, yo, we just threw away a decade. Like I don't know who the direct problem is, whether it's Hackett or it's Russ or both, but at the moment it's both because like it's this team is not well coached. Their offense is an absolute mm-hmm. gong show. Russell Wilson has been awful, like god awful. Like I don't, I don't. It makes it even worse. And this is what I've been saying all these years. And people say, like, yes, I'm a Niners fan. Sure, when I talk trash about Seattle, it's biased. But like, honestly, the take now looks very accurate. When I've said the Seahawks were so overrated because it was literally Russell Wilson just literally pulling a rabbit out of the hat. Chucks up a ball 50 yards and Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett just find a way to get it in their hands. It's like this team is so beatable and yet they just find a way. It's proving it right now. The Broncos aren't good and their defense is not playing good football either. And that's why they're two and four right now. Let's move then. Let's move on from that nonsense. Texans at the Raiders. I can't believe the Raiders are one and five, man. My my preseason darlings are one and five. Still taking the Raiders. Not not Selling out now, taking the Raiders here, 28-17. Well, the Raiders didn't lose this week because they had a bye week. So they're one and four. But like again, like I, I'm with you. I can't I cannot believe they're one and four. I'm with you on that. Like this team is way, way too much talent. And they should have beaten the Chiefs in their last game on Monday Night Football in week five. I like the Raiders at home 26-16 over the Texans. Seahawks at the Chargers. I, this is a weird, weird game. Yeah. The Chargers didn't look good either, man. Like, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I think Keenan Allen will finally be back. Maybe that's the bolt they need. Um, let's run with that. I'm, I'm cool running the Keenan Allen importance, you know? 28-24 Chargers. Yeah, you know, you and I love Keenan Allen. So, it would be nice to have him back friendly. Hopefully, he's right. I've been teetering back and forth with this pick, man, because the Seahawks have been a whole lot more scrappier than mm-hmm. I honestly ever thought they would this season. But I like the Chargers at home, but it's going to be close, man. I'll take the 29-26. The Chargers haven't been as impressive as I thought, and the Seahawks have been better than I thought. But the Chargers are at home. I, I, I like them taking this one, 29-26. Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm gonna, I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this game, but we're going to find out. Rematch of Super Bowl 54. Kansas City Chiefs go to Levi Stadium and take on the Niners. Chiefs off a loss. I mean, you guys are off a loss, too, but you guys are still banged up. And I just think the Chiefs are better. I'm going to take the Chiefs here. Um, bounce back game, 31-24. <sighs> Man, I don't know. This team this team always finds a way to bounce back after a loss. Shonda Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo, they always find a way to bounce back after a loss. This game really hinges on the fact of if Nick Bosa plays or not. If Trent Williams comes back, that's huge. But I think the Bosa thing is way bigger in the sense of who we're playing against. 
I don't think there's a single person that wants redemption on this Kansas City Chiefs team more than number 97. If Nick Bosa plays this game, the Niners are going to find some sort of life and win this game. But if Nick Bosa's out, it's going to be a tough, man. It's going to be really tough. And Trivarius Ward's now banged up. This would be a huge redemption game for him if he's able to. He's been playing outstanding football. I'm going to take the Niners by three, 27-24, but... This could be if Bosa's not out there though, and neither is Charvarius Ward. Uh, this could be a tough L, man. But it should be a fun game though. I'll take the Niners 27-24. Steelers Dolphins Tua is expected to be back under center for Miami on Sunday night football, which is crazy to me. You're gonna have him take his first game back on a primetime game. Like if anything happens to him, it's, it's prime time. All eyes are even if it's like he just gets sacked pretty hard. And he's still playing. Like, it's just a bad optics in this game, man. And this is a shitty game, too, anyways. I mean, I yep, agreed. Agreed. Three really bad primetime games this week. Agreed. I'm, I'm going to take the Dolphins here, 21-17. I like the Dolphins as well, 24-13. I think they find a way to get right and um, take, over, take over the Steelers in this one. I don't care who's starting, man. If it's Mitchell Trubisky starting on Sunday night, oof, good Lord. I'm not tuning in for that. Monday Night Football, your Patriots host the Bears. How are the Bears on primetime again? Like, like how, man? Yo. Bears and Broncos. Like, what is this nonsense? Good luck, but not really, to Justin Fields. Because you have not been able to complete more than 10 passes all year. Now you're going up against this Patriots defense. I told you last week the Patriots got a nice portion of their schedule coming up a couple weeks ago. I told you that. Mm-hmm. Now, they're, now they're rolling. They had the Lions, Cleveland, and now the Bears. 31 to 7 Patriots. I'll take the Patriots 30 to 17. It's not going to be close. Patriots playing too good football. They're at home on primetime. They're going to eat up Justin Fields like it's like it's nothing. Um, I'll take the Pats in that one. Bills, Rams, Vikings, Eagles, four very good teams on a bye week. Um, the Rams, whoo, the Rams need a bye week more than anything. So they got that one there. Are all on a bye. Um, B final. So that's a tough bye week, man. For fantasy, sure. for I watching, for just this is a. Agreed. Some of the best teams, man, we're just missing out on. Agreed. Agreed with that. Yeah. Well, we'll find out, man. Should be interesting. NBA season in full swing. Week seven in the NFL should be a good one. Some ugly primetime matchups, but hopefully, I mean, can't be worse than the last two weeks. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, so enjoy that. Enjoy NBA basketball, ladies and gents. And of course, don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And we will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.